0: Tell me where you've been. It's been perking all day long. And I'm so happy to sing this song. Sweet tea. Life is just like some sweet tea. For another brim, with family and friends. Pour me another glass and jump on in. Life is just like some sweet tea. Y'all welcome to sweet tea talk with me Erica Allen McGee in this podcast we're going to talk about everything from eyelash extensions to activism all southern style so grab a mint julep and kick up your heels let's get started this episode of sweet tea talk is about all things grits girls raised in the south that is so grits is a musical That I wrote back in 2007. I picked up a book in a bookstore called Friends of Forever, Grits, and it was by Deborah Ford. Um, She's an Alabama native, and um, I loved this book. I had just come off of a run of doing Smokey Joe's Cafe, and my favorite part of that show was when all four women got to stand up on stage together and sing the song Woman. So I felt like that after reading this story, and it was a collection of short stories, that this might be a good book adapted to go on stage. And I could see these four women, four different ages, um, four different types of women, telling these stories and singing songs about them. And it was all about being from the South. And I really related to that since my mom um, is from Savannah, Georgia. I was born in Savannah, Georgia and grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, so I really relate to a lot of different types of things that are Southern. And so I put pen to paper and I chose three stories that I like, adapted them to a stage version, and then started writing songs to accompany that. Then I called Deborah Ford on the phone and got her somehow, and she was really excited about the idea, and I played her the songs and had some actress friends read some of the stories on stage, and I read some stories on stage, and she had come to town to see and hear this, and Then we got in business together. So for the last 11 years, really 10, um, we toured Girls Raised in the South, Grits the Musical. It's made up of four women, a cast uh, of four different types of women, a 20 something recent college grad, a 30 something mom, a 40 something African American, and a 50 something soon to be retiree, retired, uh, early ages of a grandmother. So over the last 10, 11 years, I've had over 17 cast members Um, I've had six sets of costumes. I've had two full sets and four different bands. So a lot of people have come in and out of this project and um, it has been one of the greatest loves of my life. Um, but these women that I have shared the stage with over all these years, um, and we would travel all over the Southeast. We've been to Alabama and Georgia and Florida, and we've been to Virginia. We've been to, uh, South Carolina, all over North Carolina, Georgia. Did I say Georgia already? Anyway, all over the South. And, uh, so I've had all these different women share the stage, um, with me and we've sung my songs and said my words, um, adapted from... Deborah's book, and then I wrote a a Christmas version of the show, uh, a companion piece called Cinnamon Grits: Christmas in the South. So, between the first two years and then um, the the last bit of it, we had two shows that we were touring: Girls Raised in the South Grits the Musical and Cinnamon Grits. So it was a lot going on, and so you might imagine going in and out of these uh, large and small towns. We have accumulated quite a bit of. Interesting and funny and weird and sometimes scary stories. So, I asked my gals that have been in the shows with me over these past years if they would submit to me some stories that they remembered that they thought were funny or sweet or interesting. And um, so, I had some of the girls respond, and most of what they sent was very, very sweet. Um, The things that stand out in my mind are the things that were very, very weird or very scary or unexpected. We had so much of that. So I'm going to let these gals tell you their stories, and then I'm going to follow it up with my version of the story or a story that also happened at that same time. And so I hope you enjoy listening to all of these different women who I love, tell these stories, and um, know that they are either uh, one character, Charlotte is the youngest character, Um, I played Georgia, that was the 30-something mom, and then we had our 40-something African-American, and um, that was Flo, and then we had our 50-plus, however, whatever age she wanted to play, it could be 50s, could be 60s um, character, and that was Virginia. So those are the those are the names of the characters in the play. And then these are some of the women who have played those characters on stage with me over these past many years. So I hope you enjoy listening to these stories about girls raised in the South from Grits the Musical.
1: I had performed with Grits a few times um, before I moved to New York and had so much fun. I loved Erica. I loved her story, I love that she um was a performer and that she created more performance opportunities for herself. Um because not only was she a performer, she was a writer. I-, I thought she was a really amazing woman. Um so when I had first moved to New York, she offered to fly me down to do this weekend uh grits show And I jumped at the chance, but I hadn't done the show in about two years, I think. So we had this very, like, kind of rushed rehearsal for like a day and a half. Um, and it, it was very funny because I did the show and went great, um, I think we did two shows that first night, but my legs, the first show were shaking the entire time because I, I required so much focus for me not to, uh, to mess it up because I really had to be on my A game. Um, and then the second show was so much fun cause I knew I could live through it. Um, and then that same trip we talked in her car about basically showing up for yourself and that you are the keeper of your dreams and that no one is coming to rescue you, um, but that you don't need them to. And it was very inspiring for me at the time, and it still is as a young woman, uh, who had just moved to New York and was pursuing her dreams in this huge city that was very overwhelming. And then to see this woman who had gone before me and was making her dreams a reality, um, no matter where she was. And, uh, the thing about life is that dreams continue to evolve and, um, change and, uh, I continue to be inspired by Erica and that conversation and um, I continue to seek out new dreams and new horizons, but I was very thankful to have a mentor in her in that moment, someone who saw me as an artist and believed in my journey. We never know as an artist what's really going to happen, but it helped me feel seen and less alone. And
0: that is what love is. Thank you, Miss Julia. I uh, love that girl. She is um, living in New York now and um, just having a great time. Got married not too long ago, and she's just a, a great gal. But one thing I do remember, Julia was in our very first... Cast that um, followed up our preview and our opening. So, our very first run in 2009 started at a theater here in Charlotte, and we had a two week run with this group, and it was super successful actually, the most money that that playhouse had ever earned up to that point. So, we were super proud to be there and very excited. But I remember um, that sometimes we run into folks that are not exactly on board with the sugary sweetness that is grits. And this particular artistic director, um, I don't know, it wasn't his idea that we be there, and um, I don't know that he was super fired up about having to work with four peppy southern sweeties. So uh, in the contract that we wrote with this particular theater, um, it was a co-production, which means it was a 50-50 deal, and they were to provide some things, and we brought the entertainment, and I paid the staff, and um, took care of all the things on my end, so part of the contract was that this company was to provide tech and sets, because we were sitting in that space for two weeks, and so we get ready for tech rehearsals. And I'm like, where is the sound? And this particular artistic director decided that we didn't need any sound. And so I had to have a little heart to heart with this fella. And I asked him, I said, um, how many musicals have you produced in this space with no sound? And he said, um, none. And I said, well, why do you think that it is that we don't need any sound then? And he said, well, I just, I don't think you need it. And I said, well, I think we do. And since you've never done a musical in this space without sound, you will be providing sound. How's the set coming? We're not doing a set. Well, I think you are because it's in the contract. And so if I need to pull this contract out, I will. But you better have a set up there for us by the time tech happens. And you also better have sound. We need four wireless mics. We need two monitors, and we need a tech to run sound. So I'd really appreciate it if you would keep the terms of the contract that your company has signed. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. So we got our sound. We got our set. And like I said, it was the most money that that company had ever made. So sometimes it's an interesting uh, relationship that you have with these venues that you go into. You never know what you're going to have or not have, and Julia was right in the mix of all that. I'm pretty sure they saw me be very gracious, but at sometimes a little curt. So thank you, Julia, for your story, and um, I remember those times very fondly.
2: Hey there, my name is Kim Lanfear, and I was the first person to play the role of Georgia in Grits the Musical, and what fun we had! So Erica has asked me to kind of record something um, to talk about some of the fun stories that happened backstage or in front of stage or all kinds of things. So I want to start by saying Erica always teases me that I'm a game player because I'm perhaps not the youngest cast member. And so memorizing lines is a little bit challenging for me. And I hadn't done this in a while. And Erica trusted me and she let me have this wonderful role and helped me, allowed me to have the joy of being Georgia. And I sometimes, well, okay, all the time, I could not memorize my lines and deliver them correctly during rehearsal. And quite frankly, Erica was scared. Um, And then the lights went up and the audience was there. And guess what? I could remember them all. It was pretty exciting for, for me. And it certainly made. Erica's sweat level go down way down. Um, another interesting story from touring. I had never toured with a musical before, and so Erica is so buttoned up. She has this, you know, she has the whole team, the tech team, the band, everybody. It is buttoned up, soup to nails, and we know where we're going to stay in a hotel, and and we have the provisions to make sure that we're comfortable. We're not extravagant, but we're comfortable, and. What I didn't expect was, first of all, there were these venues in places I'd never heard of all across the um, southeastern area of the United States that weren't in big cities like Charlotte or Raleigh or or you know, Washington, D.C. that everybody knows. They were in smaller towns, um, smaller communities that maybe you wouldn't know the name of. But they served many communities, and they were these beautiful facilities. They'd maybe be a 1,500, 2,000-seat auditorium with a beautiful performance space, fabulous audio-visual tools, beautiful backstage and dressing rooms. I mean, really beautiful facilities. And so, first of all, that surprised me that we would go into these towns that I'd never been in and had no reason to go for to before. and then suddenly we, we'd come upon these amazing performance spaces, um, these amazing community art centers. And one of the times that we went, I can't remember which one was it was whether it was in um, uh, Tennessee or, or, or I, I can't remember where it was, but I remember a sold out house because they were always sold out. And afterwards, they had kind of this security guard who came back to get us from the dressing rooms, still in our makeup and our costumes, and brought us out to this table out in the main lobby so that our fans could greet us and get signatures. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have, like, made the big time. I've got a security guard, and I have people waiting in line to talk to us. Ah!" (laughs) So that was a really fun story. It, and most of the other stories were just about four great women creating and, and, and channeling four other amazing women from the past of the South and telling their stories and sometimes crying together while we told them, sometimes just loving those stories. And the miracle of the music that Erica weaved into these stories. So they were the wonderful monologues from Grits, Girls Raised in the South, which is a very well-known book, anthology of um, uh, interviews of of women who were raised in the South and, and had all kinds of different backgrounds. But then Erica McGee weaved this incredible music to lift these stories into a whole space of, love and joy and heartache that you feel only when you have music around them. And so just the whole journey, the costumes, you know, laughing about the costumes that we would get together. Cause again, Erica does productions that are aces. So costumes, makeup, hair, you know, it is top notch. It's not just some, you know, community thing. This is professionally done, top notch and I remember the first set of dresses just did not cut it for Erica and and we had to go back to the drawing board and and recreate what those were looking at and I noticed that she also um, had a another set of dresses made uh, for the last round of touring that I wasn't familiar with I hadn't been part of my experience Um, and I also last memory I'll share with you is the first run that we did of Grits, and it was kind of like a A dry run. I mean, it wasn't intended to be, you know, a big production. It was intended to be in front of a smaller audience, so that we could get their feedback and find out what they thought about it and use that to fine tune. Which it ended up being. We didn't need to do a lot of fine tuning. It was very well received. But we did it at the Mint Museum on Randolph Road, which is a branch of the Mint Museum of Craft and Design. And it's this beautiful, it's the mint. It's the mint that was here in Charlotte, I think since, well, the mint has been here since like the 1800s, if not before. And it has been repurposed into this beautiful museum. And they have this lovely, intimate performance space that was so incredible to launch this story in because you, were, you could touch the audience practically. And they were part of what you were doing and they, the laughter it, to step onto that stage and see all that we'd been practicing and working on and to see the audience engage and love what they were seeing and, and love the stories that were being told. That was such a special evening. I, I, that was a very, very magical evening. And to hear the, uh, we video, we um, videotaped some audience responses afterwards and to watch those responses and hear how they so related to the stories and so found them charming and wonderful and lifting. That that was a highlight, a really wonderful experience. So I don't know if I told any funny stories here. Um, there certainly were a lot of funny stories um, as we traveled in our trucks to get the staging and the sets to the next performance gig or as we um, laughed over dinner or in our hotel rooms between performances. But um, it, it was a great group of women, and I was so honored to be part of it, and it, it was just pretty wonderful.
0: Yes, Miss Kim, um, she is to this day one of my very dearest friends. I talk to her several times a month, and um, she's such a smart and put-together woman, and is actually a very big player in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, in the executive space, and um, I'm just proud to know her. She, however, is right. She never could remember her lines. She also did not play Georgia. That was my part. So even to this day, she still doesn't remember that her character was Virginia. And yes, we did play a lot of small towns and big towns. Um, We had lots of uh, large spaces that we played, but then really my favorite spaces to play were the smaller venues. Um, A lot of times arts councils would bring us in and they would do fundraisers around us because our brand was very um, easy to attach an event to like sweet tea tasting or uh, an art gallery opening we could come in and they could have you know deviled eggs and um, chicken salad sandwiches and we would shake hands and it was all very fun and the red hats oh they love us the red hats and so we would meet all these great ladies um, who were movers and shakers in their small towns and I'm sure they recognized themselves in one of the characters that we played up on stage. But Kim, um, I don't know if she was in this cast or not, but she brings up a good point about um, going into these different towns. And I remember this one small town in North Carolina. It was in an old, renovated movie theater, uh, the, the theatrical space was. A lot of these small towns will turn these old movie theaters that have had kind of a checkered past. You know, they were movie theaters, and then they were less desirable types of movie theaters, if you know what I'm saying, and then eventually they were shut down because those types of movies went away, and um, then these are, you know, repurposed for um, meeting spaces or uh, performance venues or um, uh, places to house uh, art museums or uh, do outreach programs for their communities. Some of them, in some instances, are all of those things, so... I remember we went into this, um, we'll just call it small town, North Carolina, and um, we went into the space. It was very unique. The stage um, had an, an, the back wall of the stage was all stone, um, like man-made wall of stone, and you could see if you stood at the back of the stage, you could look over a railing and see down into the green room in the dressing rooms. Well, we had never seen anything like this. And so you'd take these, it was all open and you'd take these steps down to the dressing room. And I remember the um, head of the arts council, um, she was very proud to show us the renovations and I don't know that it had been um, a long time open. And so we were very thrilled to be there. We had done a, a uh, fundraiser beforehand and then she was taking us down to load all our stuff into the dressing room. So we walked down these stairs um, into this green room, and it's a really old space. Um, but again, it's all up against this man-made stone wall that was really the rear exterior of the building. And to the side of the dressing room, we had we were looking at mirrors and seats. And but to the side of the dressing room was the corner of that wall. And a wooden doorway with a giant iron plaid doorknob on it. And it looked old. Like, it was almost like a door knocker that you'd see on a big front door. And she was like, y'all know what that is? And we were like, no. She was like, oh, lord, let me show you. So she goes over to this door. And it's in the stone wall. She's like, look at this. And she opens it up. And it's this weird cave-like dungeon and has stone seating around the edges and it's two steps going down into it so it was it it went down she's like y'all come in here and look at this so we're like okay it was a it was a little weird and dark and so we go down into the dungeon we'll call it a dungeon because actually that's kind of what it was she said oh girls you just won't even know all of the things that we found here when we started renovating this space she goes lots of naughty things and at that point we're like what is she saying she said oh girls you know who knows what went on down in this room she said but it was crazy all those things that we found so I don't know what was going on in the dungeon. I'm glad that they turned the space into a reputable, uh, beautiful performing arts center. But they decided to keep the dungeon. Don't know why. And don't know what went on in there. Well, I mean, we all kind of do know what went on in there. But needless to say, that night, right above the dungeon, there we were singing about sweet tea and smiling. So... That's another fun story from one of our small-town experiences, of which there were many. Hey, y'all. This is
3: Elizabeth, former Charlotte from the Grits Tour. I'm really excited to be able to pop on here and just share some fun stories of our times on the road. To be honest, Grits came into my life at a really poignant time. I had just graduated college, and this opportunity came about, and I auditioned, didn't really know what was going to happen, and then all of a sudden I got an offer and I was just really so excited to be a part of a musical, a newer musical, an original musical, a musical written by a woman who was composing and writing the stories, and it was just a really amazing opportunity that came my way at the perfect time. I remember being so excited when all of my materials came in the mail the script and some recordings to listen to of some of the songs. And I remember sitting in my backyard reading over the script. And I had gone to school in Nashville and I lived in Georgia for a couple years um, in my childhood. So I felt that I was a bit of a Southern girl. But then when I really dove into the material, I realized. That I had some words to learn. I had some Southern nuances to pick up and just being a part of the whole process and getting to know all these other Southern women and being on the road and meeting all of these fabulous, classy girls raised in the South was such a fun experience. It was really so neat to be able to really dive into the southern culture and the traditions and and really live that out on stage with some of my lipstick sisters one of my favorite memories is definitely the day that we all got together the band the grits girls and we all met up really early in the morning and we were headed on our first road trip together and we all got into our tour van And we were headed to Florida. I'm pretty sure that was one of the first stops. And I just remember being so excited. Couldn't believe that I got to hit the road with these awesome people. We just laughed, had a great time. Just amazing conversation. And I just remember being so giddy and so excited that we got to do this and we got to share these Southern stories and go around the South. It was so exciting. And then I remember we were in one of our tour locations, and there was a billboard on the side of the road for our show, and that was such a cool moment for me. I still get so excited when I think about it. Seriously, (laughs) I'm containing my giggles right now because I just couldn't believe that we were doing this awesome show, and there we were on the side of the road. Everyone knew we were coming to town, And we just had a billboard. So cool. I remember we were all genuinely giddy about that. That was so neat. Then we got out of the car. We were taking pictures of the billboard. And that's just something that I will definitely cherish forever. Such a fun time. One of my other favorite memories from being on the road was when we were traveling to perform in a tennessee and i think that there was there was a tornado warning i'm pretty sure it was a tornado or maybe a really strong thunderstorm but i'm pretty sure it was a tornado because i remember us being worried about the show and if people were going to be able to make it okay and what was going on i do remember a lot of of torrential downpour also so that was a journey getting there we made it And then after the show, we were all staying at this um, beautiful, quaint inn, the General Morgan Inn. I will never forget it. And we had had some amazing women from the Red Hat Society at our show, and they were all staying at the inn as well. So I just remember all of us being huddled up in the lobby of the hotel and just all laughing together and seriously having the best time. Those women fully embraced us and we were just so excited to be able to share in the night with them. We were all in this hotel, not knowing when we were gonna see the light of day again because of the storms and just had such a great time. I'm still Facebook friends with some of those women actually. I thought it was so sweet. They reached out, and we connected, and I I still know all about them, their lives, their grandchildren. We are true Southern sisters of the heart now, and that's something that would have never happened if I hadn't been part of Grits. Truly, at the end of the day, the Grits tour, Cinnamon Grits, it just all has such a sweet place in my heart. And... I would gladly be a part of any grid celebration any day. I'm so excited that this podcast exists because I'm going to be a number one subscriber, follower, all of the things. <laughs> and I really have so many memories, but they all come together in my mind to just be total happiness, just a really joyous experience with friends, friends that Really touched my heart and touched my lives and people that I know I will always be connected with in one way or another. And now I live in Los Angeles. I'm performing out here, but a big, huge piece of my heart will always be in the South and always be with my lipstick sisters and all of those stories. And fun times that we got to share together. So, if y'all ever find yourself on the West Coast, you know who to call. See you later.
0: Elizabeth was one of my young ones. Now, she played Charlotte. And Elizabeth is this tall, beautiful blonde um, with a smile that is just ginormous and intoxicating. And that cast was a cast that I, that she was in, that I Um, Acquired in Nashville, Tennessee. At that time, I was touring with a band, and most of my band was from Nashville. And I lived for a a time in Nashville. I went there right after I graduated from the University of Tennessee. And so I knew a bunch of people there and loved that town. And uh, a lot of the places we were playing, it made sense to go out of Tennessee um, rather than North Carolina because uh, logistically, we could get to the spaces faster from that location. So, we decided to cast out of Tennessee. And Elizabeth was in that group. And so she is right. We went actually to um Greenville, Tennessee twice uh that season. It spanned over 2 years, but usually a theatrical season will be like from spring to to fall. So, Tornado, I'm not sure about. I think that was the first time we went, but the second time that we went One thing that Elizabeth left off was that she's right. After the show, we did gather with all of those ladies. But the biggest problem with Greenville, Tennessee, is that after a certain amount of time in the evening, really in the whole state, you can't get anything to drink. So after our big Christmas shindig, we gather in the lobby and we're like, well, where can we go? Can we go somewhere? We're hungry. You know, we have we don't eat much before we do these shows because you can't stand up there and do all of that with a full belly. And so we're like, where do we go? And all these ladies were kind of sitting down in the lobby and just congregating. And so they were like, oh, it's the Grits girls. It's the Grits girls. And we were like, yeah, yeah. We were like, oh, we, we're wanting to go, you know, have a glass of wine or something. But but we don't, we don't know where we can go to do that. And they're like, oh, girls, everything is closed, you know. Uh, it's this too late to be drinking. And we were like, oh, okay. Well, you know, by the time we get back to the hotel, and it was this beautiful General Morgan Inn, um, you know, it's around 1030. And all these ladies are, they're sitting literally in like a semicircle around the lobby. And I'm like, what's going on here? And the one lady looks at the other lady, and she says, oh, should we, should we tell them? And the other lady says, oh, yes, let's let's invite them. And they were like, girls, if you want a drink, just sit here with us. And they had secret bottles of wine and flasks and cups, cups with which to drink the illegal hooch out of. So we sit down in the lobby with these ladies. I guess they thought they were up to something. I don't know. But we sat down there, all of us with those ladies until I want to say it was one o'clock in the morning drinking their box of wine their flask oh whatever um, their bottles of wine pulled from their big ginormous purses and they were all just decked out and had had a big old time at our show and then they were partying with us afterwards and it was a super fun night we stayed up way too late um, I stole a coffee mug from the General Morgan Inn because it was so fun and it said General Morgan Inn on it sorry General Morgan and you can invoice me if you want. Um, I still drink coffee out of it today. Um, but the next morning I get a call from the stage manager. She's like, um, Erica, you need to wake up. And you know, we all had our meeting time. We were going to roll out and all that. And it was the end of the tour. And she's like, look out your window. And I look out the window and it is snowing. I mean snowing. Now, it hasn't accumulated a lot on the ground at this point, but it's snowing. And we're in Greenville, Tennessee, and we all have to get back home, going in two different directions. And so, we frantically call everybody, get up, get up, get up. Everybody's like, Ugh. and we're like, get up, we got to go, we got to go. And we hit the road, and that snow chased us all the way home. But we did make it home. And I will always have a soft spot for um, that hotel and that venue um, in Greenville, Tennessee, because it was um, just a really special, fun night. And those are the types of things that we always loved. It's It's the best thing in the world to be on the stage and doing that show, because people have such a good time. But it's the little weird side
4: things that happen that make it truly memorable. Hi, my name is Charlene Thomas and I recently did a show with Erica for a dinner theater in Raleigh. It was actually only a few months ago. Um, I had been working at children's theater and I was at a rehearsal and I looked to my right and at the door was a familiar face, Erica McGee. She and I used to attend the same church. And we actually sang on the praise and worship team together. Um, She eventually left the church, and I hadn't seen her in a while. So I was like, wait a minute. What in the world? Why are you here? What are you doing? And then she looked at me like, whoa, what are you doing here? So it's kind of cool to um, see each other. But we really didn't get the chance to talk because I was in the middle of rehearsal. She was talking to the artistic director but anyway um a few weeks later uh, she sent me a message asking me if i was interested in uh being one of her girls raised in the south for her musical and um it was during a very busy season for me but i said wow this sounds interesting and it had been a long time since i was actually. On the stage performing, I usually am working behind the scenes as either a music director or um, directing in general. And so I was like, you know, it doesn't hurt to flip it around every once in a while and do something different. Kind of keep your feet wet kind of thing. So I said to her, hey, it's possible I can make this work. If I can make it work, I'd love to do it. What I didn't realize is that when I said make it work, I didn't realize how hard I would have to work to make it work. Um, And it seemed like anything that could go wrong that week was going wrong. Um, And so she had sent the materials ahead of time. Thank goodness for that. Um, And then the week that we had to rehearse before we actually did the performance It was insane. I actually was working clear across the other side of town to do a musical for a high school I was working at. And I could never, ever get to rehearsal on time. It was insane. There was always traffic or there was an accident or something was going on. And um, then on top of that, I actually had to pull my daughter out of school because she was having some issues. And so... Not only was I having to go back and forth, but I had to have her glued to my hip. And she kind of shadowed me the entire week that I had rehearsal, pretty much. Um, And so that was just another element that kind of added to uh, an already challenging, I'm going to make it work situation. And there were some days where I was thinking, why did I say I could do this? but the thing that stands out to me the most was how gracious Erica always was and how patient she was and how kind she always was when i was making that mad dash trying to get across town to get to rehearsal or i had to have my daughter tag along and she actually said hey let's just put her to use and the next thing you know um My uh, daughter is becoming her merchandise specialist. And, you know, but that is what made the experience most memorable. And so the day of the show, we um, had to travel to Raleigh from Charlotte to do a dinner theater. And I was following Erica. And let me tell you, this child knows how to put the metal to the pedal. The pedal to the metal. I don't know how you say it. But she sure can drive fast. Anyway, so as we're driving up the highway, halfway through the trip, my um heat light came on my car. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my Lord, I do not need this car to break down while I'm on my way to Raleigh. So I was like, well, maybe we'll just let it cool off and see what happens from there. And so... <laughs> I ended up running late for that, too, because I had to pull into um Starbucks area, shopping area. I'm just saying Starbucks because I was like, well, if I have to stop, I have to stop near a Starbucks. Might as well. So I pulled into a Starbucks and um, went and got some coffee, let the car cool down. And I just prayed really hard. Like, Lord, I really, first of all, I can't afford for this car to break down. And number two, I really need to get to this show. We can't be late. But eventually the car cooled off and I got back on the road and Mercedes and I trekked on up to the dinner theater and we were not too far behind the rest of the group. Um, But once again, Erica was just really gracious and I was just glad that I was able to get there in one piece through all of the stress that I was going through that week it was actually really nice to have something that I really enjoyed doing to kind of take my mind off of the craziness that was going on in the rest of my world. We figured it out and we made it work. And (laughs) she kind of smiled at me um, after the show and said, we made it work. We made it work through every time I bungled the line and every single time I just kind of crumpled into pieces because I I, I kind of realized um, that when you get a little older, your memory is not as good as it used to be. So um, there was that song. It was so wordy. And I was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to remember these words. But somehow, once again, we made it work. And that was the theme of that my experience with Erica, regardless of what I was going through, regardless of what mood I was in or regardless of whether my car was working or not and whether my child was acting right or not, we made it work. And that is definitely going to be something that I will remember for a very, very, very long time.
0: Oh, Charlene, what a sweet lady you are. And you're right. You had gone through a very hard week that week. I too was going through a very hard week that week. Um, my mom had just recently passed away and, um, I was unsure as to how we were going to make this thing happen, Um, but we needed to, this was our most recent show that we did, and um, this past spring we played uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, just for a a dress rehearsal, and then we went to Wake Forest, North Carolina to perform a dinner theater in in that space that Charlene was talking about. My dear friend who ran that space had invited us a, a year in advance to come and play this event, so we were so excited to do it, but Charlene had a hard time and was having a hard time getting there and having a hard time um, remembering things as she said and I remember we get to the space and we're rehearsing and I've had lots of experience with people in both this role, Flo's role, and Virginia, Miss Kim's role, that, or there's so many other ladies have played those parts too, not just them, but it, since these are the two that have spoken, we'll we'll reference them, but um Miss Charlene was having a really hard time remembering the words to one of the songs that I wrote that's kind of like, I call it a redneck rap, but it's about being a mom and all the things that we have to do, and so there's a lot of lyrics in it, but She was having a hard time coming in on the chorus, and it's a little wonky, and um, so I remember sitting up there um, with the other cast members doing our cue-to-cue, which is what we do in the space prior to the actual performance so that we can sync up with their tech staff, and so that's lighting and sound, and and we're just going from point to point where all of those things change. So Charlene's standing up there, bless her heart trying to remember these lines, and it was not happening, and we were getting ready to do the show, and so as the director and the writer of the material, I thought, you know what? We're just going to help her out, so I look at the other two girls, and I say, okay, we're going to all sing the chorus together and see how that goes, and a lot of times as the director, I will make decisions that are best for the overall performance of the show, but many times, I will also think about what can I do to get the best performance out of this actress? And because I knew she was struggling with that, I knew that if we could help her out in the chorus of the song, that she might feel more comfortable and have a little more confidence with it. So the other girls looked at me like I was crazy because they'd never done it. They were both new too. A hundred percent new cast except for me. And so I looked at them and they had kind of a, you know a good fake smile like they were going to give it a go so we all sang the chorus with Charlene on that particular number and just by doing that it all came back to her and she felt confident and we went on and did that show and it was a really really great experience and i hadn't done the show in about a year because I had started licensing it um, so that other venues could just produce the show themselves. I had had a lot of requests for that, so that's what we did. But sitting up there with this brand new group of ladies who were lovely in front of this very enthusiastic, almost all women dinner theater group of about 300 people, it was just a really great game time decision that worked out in the end. And so that's my last memory of doing Grits, um, which was this past April, and it was It was really something. So sometimes those stressful situations can turn out to be bonding experiences in the end.
5: I had a really hard time trying to remember just one experience that stands out in the Grits Chronicles of my Charlotte, North Carolina adventures. But there were so many wonderful times. The thing that I loved the most was Erica's beautiful talent, her beautiful voice, being on stage, watching her sing, and um, just knowing that this music had come from such a wonderful, loving, and special place in her heart. We Experienced so many wonderful times on the road, in the dressing room, uh, in the cars and trucks and rest stops and restaurants and meeting people in these small towns and signing autographs and just feeling very special. And I remember being treated very well by Erica and the entire production team and staff and just feeling at times like a total superstar, you know, because the gifts of our talent and the message that we were communicating um, were so appreciated in the cities that we traveled and in the small towns that we traveled to. So I just remember it being such a warm experience. It was such a memorable experience, um, one that I will never forget. I am forever so proud to call myself a grit Gal. And I forgot to say my name. <laughs> my name is Nicole Watts, and I played Florence on the Girls Raised in the South musical theater tour.
0: I always had a really good time with Nicole. Nicole was Flo; she was my second Flo, and um, she is this beautiful dancer and singer. And she has a, a calming presence about her most of the time. Um, but I do remember this uh, one time. This was also in the um, Charlotte theater that we were in for a little while, and. The show that was closing while we were rehearsing, um, or it had just closed, I can't remember what it was, but I want to say it was like Bat Boy or something like really scary, and so we go and we're loading in our um, hydrangeas and our um, gingham dresses and our beautiful Uh, sun bonnets and we're walking into the theater and everything backstage is covered in blood totally covered in blood there's like buckets with arms hanging out of them scary masks in the dressing room and they had just not gotten through putting everything together but Nicole, I don't know if she was superstitious or um, just didn't like the the uh, sense of the evil presence being around us. Um, but she did not like those scary things being in the dressing room with us. And the juxtaposition of our stuff with their stuff backstage was hilarious. And I remember having to talk them all down off the ledge because they they just couldn't take sitting in the dressing room looking at themselves in the mirror, putting their makeup on with the creepy paraphernalia staring back at them. And we had the best time laughing about that. But that is also one of the things that you just don't know. I always say you don't know what you're going to get when you walk in the door. I mean, we have had so many crazy things happen, both with personnel or with the actual venue space, them not being ready for us, or the personnel that works at the venue space, um, telling us strange stories or acting strange, but we always ended up making it work, and that's kind of what the deal is when you're on the road, you just have to make it work, so Nicole made it work as we all did throughout many of the Grits travels. And that was just one of the really weird uh, venue experiences that we had. Um, but really kind of funny to look back on now. Thanks for listening, y'all. You know, I have so many more grit stories. Some of them are a little risque. So I may do a part two of this particular episode, and um, we'll just call it something like Dirty Crits." I I don't know. But I have to really think long and hard about those stories because it might get some people in trouble. But you'll just have to anticipate that episode to come. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and thank you ladies who uh, donated your sweet, wonderful memories to me i hope to get some more from you at some point i wish you all the best and i thank you all for listening and i think i will leave you this time with uh, a a little southern joke y'all know what the southern girls mating call is no what is it Yoo-hoo! I've got daddy's season tickets! I think it very appropriate since we're in college football season right now. So feel free to take that one and use it anytime you like. Thanks for listening, y'all.